guys, welcome back. This is your host, McKenna Miller, and this is Today on the Gram. Today I have someone pretty cool with me. Wow, okay, a long time. I don't even know. How many years do you think it's been now? Probably like 14. Yeah, 14, 15 years. We were in the same youth group together growing up, and then we actually went to the same college, and now we still live in the same city. And so we hang out all the time. So this is my great friend, Julia Stevenson. So Julia, introduce yourself. What do you do? What do you like to do for fun? All that good stuff. <laughs> well, you pretty much just introduced me. Um, I'm Julia. Um, like she said, we grew up together sort of in youth group. And I recently graduated from Harding um, in December of last year with a degree that I'm not planning on using actually. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm actually going back to school in May for nursing, a fast-track nursing school. So that's the plan right now. I'm just in classes to get me prepared for that. And as for fun, um, I like to hang out with people. I like to hang out with my family. Um, I like to do artistic things like paint and write and draw. And I play the piano, and I like to do active things like walk and run and work out and stuff like that, so. Yeah, what was your original degree in? I did child life, which is like promoting psychosocial development and advocacy for kids while they're in the hospital. So it will definitely like go along with my next degree, but I'm not going into that field specifically. That's awesome. So you, you like kids then? Yes. Do you... Do you do a lot with kids now? Like, do you watch them? Do you nanny or babysit or anything like that? Yeah, I have not been babysitting as much as usual just because, like, you know, everybody's at home and stuff. But a global pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, that thing? <laughs> that thing that's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when I'm asked, I still do watch the same families from church that, you know, I grew up watching, so cool. still something I do. That's cool, yeah. I That's always one thing that I've always like thought about when I think about you is just how much you love kids and like working with kids and it's just it comes really naturally to you which is really cool like you're compensating for something that you don't feel is there so I just think that's funny that you think I'm confident because I'm just not which is fine I guess <laughs> but I guess and like another another weakness that I see in my type which I feel like I'm I'm kind of honing in more on the weaknesses than the strengths, which is awesome. We haven't gotten to the strengths yet. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I definitely struggle with being prone to melancholy. And I, mm. whenever I was thinking about that, I was like, no, literally the other day when you and I were hanging out, and I was telling you about a song I liked, I was like, it's like sad, but it's upbeat. Which one? I can't remember. I It's by Leon. Leon. It's called Hope is a Heartbreak. Yeah, which it's is very, It sounds like that. Very like, fitting, but it's just like melancholy is a comfortable emotion for me. Hmm. And I told you that and you were mm-hmm. like, that's very strange. And I was like, <laughs> no, it is very strange, but it's like I don't mind being down. It's yeah. very weird, but I think that that also puts you at risk for just sitting in that and letting that rule your life, which also isn't healthy, so. Yeah, I think for me that's, it's, 
there are times when I'm like, yeah, I want to be sad right now. I'm going to watch a movie and cry. But then I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to get it out of the way. Like, I need to listen to a song or I need to watch a video. Something that's going to, like, make me cry, have a good cry, and then be done with the tears. Like, I, I don't... I don't want to live in melancholy because I know that if I do, like, I will stay there. And so I want to feel that for the tiniest amount and then get right back into my bubbly, happy, you know, uh, as one person described me last year, my spunky self. Spunky. Uh, <laughs> it's like, the, <laughs> that's such a weird word. And I don't, I, I really don't like the fact that he called me that, but that's okay. Um... Yeah. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast actually by the guy, well, with the guy that wrote this book that y'all are reading through, Ian Morgan Cron, and he said, kind of along the lines of what I was saying, is like, fourth can become addicted to their sadness and like mm. put their stock into it and make it their identity. And so I think that's also something to be noted if you do kind of identify as a type four is to... Notice when you're doing that and just take a step back and allow yourself to, you know, maybe be a three for a minute and <laughs> find the happy in life. And Do you know what your wing is? I don't have a wing. Okay. But I think if, if I were to, like, have to choose, like, if that was a thing, I would definitely be a five. Which is interesting because the four and the five are different spaces. Like, the four is, like, the heart triad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the five is the head triad. Mm-hmm. And so I've also heard that the space between the four and the five is called the abyss because it's like <laughs> you're in between your head and your heart. And so wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's not like I, I, there are plenty of numbers where that happens, where it's like you're gonna be in a different space, headspace versus heart space or gut triad. Um, but I think I would feel like you would be more leaning towards uh, the five, just because. Yeah, you, I, just, like, knowing myself and, like, myself as a three and some of the things that I, like, struggle with and some of the things that I gravitate towards, like, that's just not, not very me. you. Yeah, not very <laughs> you. Yeah, I think that was really good advice, what you said about recognizing, you know, the sadness and living in that. So on the opposite note, though, can you recall a scenario in your life where being healthy in your number has been a benefit to you? Yeah, I think one of the, like, quote, superpowers of before is being extremely empathetic and in tune with not only your feelings, but how others are feeling. And I guess it's not a specific situation, but I think through life, just having that sort of emotional intelligence has kind of not put me at an advantage in front of anybody else, but just kind of given me a different perspective and a different way of looking at things that I think has just given me a better stronghold to help other people. And so, uh, like I said earlier, I'm able to look at myself in my entirety, like my unhealthy parts and my healthy parts, and accept me for who I am and see myself as loved and treasured by God and the people in my life, um, as opposed to shying away from those parts of myself and thinking that they make me unlovable. Which I think is something that healthy fours are able to do instead of compensating for something. And I also think that being creative has helped me cope with a lot of things in my life. I've always been drawn to um, like quotes and words and books and stuff like that because they make me feel understood. And I think that's a big thing for fours is feeling understood because 
a lot of people don't understand the depths of, of war. And I say that with like In the a, abyss. <laughs> yes, I'm in the abyss. But for real, like, I think one of the main things for a floor is they just want somebody to listen and to understand. I don't need you to agree with me. I don't need you to think exactly how I think, but I need you to, like, take me at face value for what I say and to listen and to care. And so I think, like, finding artists and authors who are able to reach me in that way has also been extremely helpful. Um, And I think that would be really good advice for everyone listening that has a four in their life that they love, you know, that is, I think a lot of times, especially just the way our society is right now and everything, we are so quick to give our opinion. We just love to hear ourselves talk and I'm one to speak. I'm talking on a podcast right now, but you know, we love to just hear our own voices and give advice. Um, but there are, are a lot of people, and this is not just fours, but there are a lot of people who just need someone to listen. But I think specifically for fours that, you know, if you have a four in your life that you love and you're struggling to understand them and you're quick to speak at them, like, don't just listen to what they need and, and they want and just let them express themselves. Then your relationship with them will end up being healthier in the end. Yeah, and it's funny because we talked about, I don't want to get, you know, too into my love life, but <laughs> <laughs> we talked earlier, like I said, there, it just feels like any person I pass is like the one, <laughs> but I actually recently started dating someone who is also a four, and, you know, we just started talking about you and me, just started oh. discussing the importance of being understood, and I remember very early on whenever Stone and I started talking he was like he said something like it feels like I'm having a conversation with myself and I was like Mm. wait me too (laughs) but it's funny because like we have these deep underlying connections of like morals and things that we don't think anybody else understands about the way we view the world in common but in every other way we're completely opposite like he's extrovert loves Mm -hmm. to go out loves to be around people loves to go on adventures and I'm like put me under a blanket and keep me at home and (laughs) talk to me one-on-one like I'm good and so I think that you know with any Enneagram type there's going to be differences but I think it's with fours it just makes me laugh I don't know why yeah I mean I think that's definitely something that you encounter every day because you know you are dating him and I when you told me he was a four, I was like, I definitely don't know him well enough because that's not the first guess that I would have had, like, <laughs> at all. Well, he just, he is so, like, it's hard for me sometimes to wrap my mind around the fact that they're, you know, this is a thing that I've talked about on this podcast many weeks that when we have, you know, the color reference again, when we have the color red and you go to a Home Depot and you say, hey dude, give me red paint, he's going to laugh in your face, or he's going to say, what red? Yeah. And you're like, red, duh. And he's like, no, there's like thousands, millions of different shades of red. Which one do you want? There's, there's look at this whole wall of reds to pick from. And so it's the same thing with the Enneagram. You know, there's so many different fours that are completely different, but they're still all fours because it's not necessarily like the, it's, 
this isn't about what you do. It's the reasoning behind. It's the why you do what you do um, and those driving factors and everything. And so that's it, it. I say that all the time, but it's hard for me to like actually comprehend that. So then when yeah. I'm meeting people like the two of you, I look at you guys and I'm like, they're nothing alike yeah. unless you know him on a deeper level. And uh-huh. so that's the thing. Like now I've gotten to know him better and I'm like, okay, yeah, I see it. But at first I was like, he's like a seven. Like he's just like, let's go. Let's have fun. Let's like, yeah. you know, let's jump around and go yeah, out. Like, and <laughs> He's like, he had a Halloween party and like, I just hate Halloween. I'm sorry to anybody who's listening. <laughs> I just will not get in the spirit, and he's like, threw a party in his backyard, and he's like, like, will you please come? And I'm like, sure, but I'm not going to smile about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went, and I actually had a lot of fun, so it's okay, but that's, I guess. Sea Stone, an- you're breaking her out of her shell. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's another thing, like, you can grow out of your comfort zone consistently. I don't know. Yeah, no, I definitely think that that is something that's key, just with our work on the Enneagram, it's not something that, at least it shouldn't be used as something that you just take a quiz and say, yeah, that's what I am. And like, use it to like, look up different like Instagram pages or whatever. This is a journey of self-discovery that we're constantly on and we're constantly striving to be in a healthy space and to not live in excess in our number and not to be in unhealthy spaces. Um, There are still things that like I work on in my own number to try to not be unhealthy every day, but it's my work with the Enneagram has helped me recognize when I am being healthy or when I'm being unhealthy and not just being like, oh yeah, I'm a three and that's that. Yeah, this is going to be an extremely like weird point to make, but I think another way that I've seen myself grow from an unhealthy to a healthy type is on social media because... You know, back in the day, I used to post all the time, like, just these eccentric, artsy pictures. And I Yeah, her that, Instagram was pretty bomb, I'm not gonna lie. That <laughs> literally came, became my identity. Like, when I started doing a club at Harding, people would be like, oh, that's the girl with the cool Instagram. And I'm not saying um, this to be like... You, didn't uh, you win that one year? Like, um, it was like a, an award at Formal. You no, got, like, I won Most Awkward Freshman. <laughs> It, Never mind. I, I I'm won sorry. that. I won that my sophomore year also. My soccer freshman, and then see, my junior year, I won most likely to eat a Tide Pod. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, wait, but yeah, I think that it was like a double superlative. It was yeah, like, I was like, I'm pretty sure you won like coolest Instagram. Yeah, and so I think that I put too much stock into that. It was like okay. People think I'm cool. People think I'm unique on Instagram, so I have to keep this up. But recently, I, like, refuse to post on Instagram. I don't post. It just, like, seems a little inauthentic to me. Because, you know, you see people with these captions, and I see couples that I know are not as Mm. happy as they seem on Instagram with these captions, like, 25 looks good on you, babe, and stuff like that. And I'm like, that is so fake. Like, why are you putting that in the air when it's not reality? And so I think whenever you drop the facade of wanting to be cool or wanting to be unique, to be liked, and you just be yourself, even if that is unique for yourself, then that's when you're, you know, metamorphosizing. Meta? 
Metamorph morphing into a healthier version of yourself. Nice. Morphing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we talked a little bit about that last week with Erica, just talking about how threes struggle with the social media too, because she was talking about she has friends that are like living internationally and she would talk to them about how stuff is just not going great right now. And they're like, what? Really? Like your Instagram looks like you're having a yeah. great old time. And she's like, wow, I'm being really inauthentic. Um, and I was talking about the same thing of being like, you know, most of the pictures I post now are of Jacob and I love Jacob. He's literally, he is my favorite person on the planet, but there are so many times, I mean, an hour ago, I was screaming at him over the phone because he was being a little turd. He was being super annoying. And he was like, Mackie, where are you? Mackie, where are you? And I was like, I'm in traffic. Well, where are you? On 635. Well, where are you? Where are you? And I was like, Jacob, I just told you, shut up. And I like screamed at him. And then I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled. But like, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but that is something that you know, we want people to see our best selves. They, We want to show off our super cute little pictures with our friends and family and our boyfriend. And, you know, it's true, though. Like, you might post a picture of someone, which 20 minutes before that, you are in such a big fight that you're, like, not even in the same room anymore. Yeah. I guess it's just finding a balance, as with everything. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to be glum all the time, but you also, it's not realistic to just be happy-go-lucky perfect put together all the time too yeah I had a account in college that I really loved and I stopped doing it but I thought about starting it back up it was called max days of joy do you remember that um and it was basically just this Instagram account that I got from my it was an idea I got from my friend Lindsay Webb and her and I think Maddie did it too. They made these Instagram accounts where they would post something every single day and they would post a pretty long caption. Um, <clears throat> and typically when people have Instagrams like that, it's really annoying. Like nobody wants to follow that. Nobody wants to read a giant caption. Nobody wants to see you over post. Like it's crazy how much of a science we've made social media into. Um, but it's true. And so it was a really good way for me to post things that were really great on some days and really bad on some days and I was just going to be honest. So like there were some days where I was like this is really embarrassing to post but I'm going to post a picture of my feet in my bed because I barely left my bed today because I was just lazy or sick or whatever. I didn't want to do anything and I'm thinking back and I'm like if I would have had this account running throughout 2020 that would have been the most depressing account ever. Like, no enjoyment at all. Um, but it also does, like, I say that, but then I'm thinking back, you know, there are little moments of joy every day. And so that was the whole point of it was to not be, not hide the bad, but try to look for the good. And so there might be a day during quarantine where I have just been, like, so sad all day. I've been in my bed. I've been not eating, just meh. But then Jacob will come in and say, hey, can we snuggle? And like for five minutes, I have this little piece of joy. And the rest of the day when I look on it, I'm like, that was the worst. But that was a really good way for me to be like, yeah, this is this was a good day. I saw, I saw joy and I saw the Lord working. Because that's yeah. what that is. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like you know, whenever I write in my journal or write in my prayer book, 
one of my reoccurring things throughout all of my years that I've been writing in that journal is like one of my common prayers is like God let me see you in things that nobody else notices Mm. and so I think that that's interesting that you point that out it's because you need to look for God not just wait for him to like show up with a loud booming voice like he's not always going to do that but but also like you said about the Instagram stuff like the just day-to-day stuff it's also interesting because I love when people post Facebook just photo dumps of pictures that haven't been edited or just like their everyday life because I'm like this is actually your life these are like moments that you you smiled so you took a picture you laughed so you took a picture this was just so unfortunate that you took a picture but you laughed about it later and I'm like that's what I want to see instead of you like perfectly angled by your pool with no (laughs) shirt on and me like looking in the mirror like uh knowing that you don't look like that yeah So, I know you're not a nurse yet, but that's the goal. Um, How do you think being a four would either help or provide challenges in your profession as a nurse? Yeah, I thought about that a lot. I think, like I said earlier, kind of the superpower of a four is empathy and, you know, being able to understand what people are feeling even if you're not completely going through it or haven't been through it or at least trying to understand and having a genuine care for helping them. Um, I think that will definitely help me as a nurse. But the flip side of that is I'm very worried that I'll get a little bit too attached emotionally to patients Mm. or like not leave work at work, but bring work home with me emotionally. And I'm just worried and praying that, you know, I'll find good emotional boundaries to let what is be and to not bring it where it doesn't need to be. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think another thing that actually Ian Morgan Cron made a good point whenever I was listening to that podcast was um, fours are the people that you want to sit with you whenever you're going through dark times because they're not, like, unfamiliar with them because Mm -hmm. it's more comfortable to them. So he said something along the lines of if you lose someone or something bad happens in your life, you're going to think, oh, I need a two here with me because twos help. Yeah. But he said something like, a two's going to show up with a casserole, like, mm-hmm. and then they're going to, not not saying twos are bad people, <laughs> but, like, they're just going to, like, do what they can right for you at that moment. And then, but he said, a four will sit with you mm-hmm. in the darkness. And I think that that's a really good point. And honestly, one of the reasons that I wanted to become a nurse is because I just want to help people whenever they're in, like, the most vulnerable times of their life. So, yeah. I can attest that there are times in my life that I've gone through some dark times, and Julia has sat with me through that, so. She has sat with me through dark times as well, so it's not, <laughs> it's not a totally four thing, but I think it's more comfortable for fours. Yeah, I would agree with that. Has there ever been a time in your life when your number has been challenging for you? Yes, I think just with the whole missing piece there's something fundamentally wrong with me, like, you know, I've always been more of the shy, awkward, introverted type, and so I think that's something that I kind of looked at and just thought, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I make these connections? Like, I see you just go up and talk to anybody, and I'm like, 
like I can't even order coffee without being like I'm, I'm really sorry I don't want to bother you but can I get this and I don't know it's just you know I guess me being a four obviously is different than what other fours struggle with but I think it's been a problem of like feeling worthy of someone's time and just not mm. feeling like I'm good enough and so I think that's been a point of contention in my life is just the struggle of knowing I'm enough because God made me and God loves me and not listening to the world. Yeah. So the deadly sins for the four is envy. So I'm going to go ahead and read this description. Fours believe they are missing something essential without which they will never be complete. They envy what they perceive to be the wholeness and happiness of others. So when you hear that description, do you think that applies to your life? And if so, how? Yeah, I think obviously everything is very interconnected. Like I said, um, you know, when I scroll through Instagram, I see all these people who are just posting the bright spots of their life. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I literally did not leave my bed today. What, what do they have that I don't that's leading them to this fulfilled life when really it shouldn't come down to that it's just the fact that they wanted to post that they could have had just as boring of a day and so i think whenever i am in unhealthy head spaces it's easy for me to look at that and be jealous and wonder what i could have that could give me that fulfillment that i don't have but when you take a step back and you realize that everybody's just simply existing then there's really nothing to be jealous about because you know we all have things that other people don't have and there really is a lot to be grateful for I think day to day one of the things I'm most thankful for about being a four is I'm constantly thinking about how fleeting life is I know that sounds very <laughs> dark and maybe morbid but it really humbles me into perspective of like there's really not time to be jealous. There's really not time to be anything but real with yourself and with others because, you know, really the only reason that we're here is to, like, spread the good news and to be a light to other people and to love other people. And anything beyond that is not going to last. And I don't know. It's just very comforting to me in a way to think of the way that nothing really matters which is <laughs> like like I said it sounds dark but it's really not um so I do think I struggle with jealousy and envy but when I find myself in those moments I truly just have to step back and remember that nothing matters <laughs> I love that so on the flip of that in your own spiritual development or you know your soul care time how do you think your number comes into play with that and what activities do you gravitate towards when you're with the Lord? So I think this is pretty common among a lot of fours, but your aesthetic, like your environment means a lot to your mood and like where your headspace is at. And so it's like, it sounds like I'm trying to be romantic, but <laughs> I like like dim lights, you know, you we're in a pretty dim lit room right yeah, now. Yeah, we are. Just a lamp on. <laughs> But I think that's when I feel the most peaceful and I feel God's presence when things are just calm and warm and things Super like that. Super hip coffee shop. Yeah, like <laughs> lo-fi beats in the background. <laughs> What's your favorite coffee shop Starbucks. in Cersei? 
<laughs> in Cersei, Starbucks? No. Mr. Postman, shout out. What? Not Midnight Oil? No, sorry, man. What about here in Dallas? Starbucks. Stop. <laughs> Starbucks. Sorry. I know fours love to be different, but I will I will rest in this basicness. No, that is... There is nothing like knowing that your drink will taste the same every time you get it. <laughs> I guess, honestly, that... Yeah, that makes sense. I just don't like the drinks at Starbucks. I really you don't. You don't even drink coffee. I know, but... I pick my favorite coffee shops based on the their vibe. aesthetic and the other drinks that they have. And so La La Land, it's not the best vibe. It's a very happy vibe. It's very yellow and bright. Yeah. But I oh, I stand by their lavender lemonade and their butterfly tea. It is and they have bomb toast. It's to die for. I'm just saying. But other than your aesthetic, how do you think that you connect to God through your number? Um I mentioned this earlier, but I have a journal that I've kind of sectioned off, and I make sure that I like the journal, like, aesthetically, or else I will not write in it. <laughs> like, it's literally, like, Starry Night, Van Gogh, leather cover. I love that. Um, and I sectioned it off into, the first section is quotes that I like that kind of just center me around my identity in Christ. Not even that, just anything that has to do with God that I'm like, wow, that is cool to think about. And then the next section is just a list of prayers that I go by every day. And then the next section is scripture that has spoken to me. And the last section is like goals that I have for myself. And bettering myself as not only a person, but like a Christian too. And so I think that that's been really helpful because it's a tangible way for me to sit down and connect with God. Because I'm really not good with words. So if you're like, oh my gosh, this girl's talking a million miles an hour and like she keeps talking in circles it's because I'm not super good with my voice words I'm way better with pen to paper words so I think that that's it's just like word vomit on paper and I know that God hears it even though I'm not speaking it so I think that's one of the best ways that I connect spiritually um with my <laughs> faith I guess um and like I said earlier, just quotes. Quotes are one of the main things that helps me, like, recenter how I'm feeling. And also, I think I've learned to not blindly just listen to what any author or writer has to say, especially about God. You know, it has to be theologically sound. Yeah. But um, I think that that's another way that I really connect. And interestingly enough my favorite book of the bible is job which is wow. centered around suffering so <laughs> i think that that's also just comical in some aspects so how do you come across all of these quotes like do you read a lot and then just write them after you read it or do you like search them like on pinterest or i grew up a tumblr Tumblr teenager. Whoa! Forgot about Tumblr. So, honestly, my Tumblr is still up. Ooh. I don't. I don't use it still, but I have yeah. a lot of quotes that I favorited throughout the years, and then I'll just get on Pinterest knows that I'm coming sometimes, and like <laughs> coming my, in hot. My like discover page or whatever is just filled with quotes, and then you know it's just a rabbit hole of click on this, and then you'll find something, and then I just find authors and writers that I like and then I'll look them up and if they have a book that I think I'll like then I'll get that but usually it's just reading on the internet. Do you have a favorite quote that either like you have one memorized that you want to share or one that you like wrote down recently? 
Oh, funny that you ask. Yeah, this is one that I've always kind of like clung to and especially shared with people when they're going through hard times is um, it's from John Mark McMillan, actually. He's a singer, I think. But it's just a quote. Um, it says, It's like it doesn't honor God to pretend like everything is okay. That's the beauty of Jesus that so many people miss. The beauty is that he died on the cross for our sins, but also that he existed the way we exist. He understands what it's like to lose a friend. He's not unfamiliar with these emotions. He's not unfamiliar with the difficulty of human life. To me, that's what makes Jesus as God beautiful. He totally understands. He went out of his way to prove that he understands. So when he has something to say, it's not coming from this high and lofty standpoint. It's coming from this person who understands very intricately the perils of human existence. Wow. And I think that that's like extremely humbling because I think sometimes we think, you know, Jesus was this perfect person. Mm -hmm. And even though we know the story of the cross and we know all the stories of the times whenever he endured pain, it's like, at least in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, he was perfect and he was God, so there's no way that he was humanly affected by those things. But mm -hmm. it's very real, and he does come at us from a place of understanding, and I think that, that makes me feel comforted and known more than anything. Yeah. Is there anything else about fours that you want to share about today? Um, I think another thing that I think is funny is like, <laughs> I think I'm allergic to people who are fake. <laughs> like, my, it literally makes my skin crawl. Yeah. And so I think that that's another, along with empathy, is something else about a four that you need to know is, like, they are pretty good at reading people. Because like the gift of discernment. Yeah, they're so emotionally in tune with vi the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> the vibes. I'm reading the vibe and I'm not liking your vibe, so I'm going to walk away. And so I think that that's also, if you have fours in your life, um, like she said, they have the gift of discernment. And I'm not, like, putting myself on this soapbox of, like, I know everything. And, like, if I don't like you, it's your fault. Yeah. Like, it could very well be just a misunderstanding. But I think I've always had a good idea of, like, my following my gut has always been the right decision for me. Yeah. And so, yeah. And also, fours are... You know, maybe they're dramatic, but it's not their identity, okay? There's a lot more to it than that. So, yeah. But I guess being genuine with the fours in your yes. life. Because if you're not, they'll uh -huh. read it very fast. Yeah, and I'm like, peace out, get out. Like, yeah. I can deal with someone as long as they're being honest and genuine with me. If you come at me with, like, the... <laughs> oh God, I missed you so much. Hey, girly like, pop. We've talked like maybe one time in our life, and there's no need for that reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. It's just funnier to me because to know Jules is to love Jules. But that's it's like it's it is it's funnier to me because I know you personally, and I just I've seen yeah, that firsthand. I feel like that's what a lot of people say. It's like nobody who's listening to this will probably understand except for people that's not true but um but i see what you mean um well thank you so much we're gonna go ahead and transition now into our time of the song number four by sleeping at last this is sleeping at last rendition of what a four would be like through music and lyrics so i'm gonna go ahead and play that now
Hidden in youth, 
Jules, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you for sharing all of those uh, different thoughts and feelings that you had. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I am just so excited to continue this conversation again. Shalene Valentine, she is probably my favorite five just because I can't think of that many fives that I know in my life (laughs) at this moment. Um, But I know that you all love her so very much and she's done a lot of work on the Enneagram. And so I'm really excited to hear all the things that she has to say about it. So Jules, thanks again for being on here for number four and join us next week on Today on On the the Gram.